0: Hello, welcome to the episode of Elixir Mix. I'm your host, Alan Waima, for again this week while Sasha is out. And of course, finally, we have Adi back, Adi Aingar. Welcome back, Adi. <laughs> hey, everyone. And we have a, of course, a, every week we have a special guest. I don't know what, we're so lucky, I guess. So we have another special guest, Arter Besuk. right? Yep. Hello. Hello. He is the creator of OWL, which is a uh, library for working with the terminal using Elixir, right?
1: Yes, it is a toolkit for writing command line user interfaces in Elixir. It's if we are short.
0: Now, where did you get the idea to work
1: on something like this? I think there were were two major tasks I tried to solve, which motivated me to write the library. And uh, at the company I work for, we decided to move from Heroku to Kubernetes and all that kitchen. And that was a couple of years ago. And uh, when we immigrated, I wanted to compensate lack of tooling for some operations which were present in uh, Heroku tool belt uh, at that time. And uh, the major ones were dumping database from test server to local host, restoring dump to local Postgres, copying database between servers and uh, other DB-related routine tasks. And obviously, I wanted to write uh, a couple of scripts which uh, do the job. And it would be great if uh, these uh, scripts provide some level of interactivity so I don't have to write dynamic parts manually. And I'm not good at the bash scripting. Well, I am able to do something, but every time when I need an if-else clause, I go to Google to, to ask how to write it. So I picked Elixir for this task because, well, the the obvious reason is Elixir is the language I know the best. And my team knows Elixir, so if fixes are needed, they can help me with it. And actually, Elixir is not famous for its uh, terminal UI applications, but it uh, doesn't mean that we can't and shouldn't use it for this purpose. Essentially, it is just printing text to the terminal, isn't it? And uh, with the first uh, attempt of uh, gliding together output from cube, CTL, Boundary, Vault, and all other tools we had, I had a lot of calls to... System cmd system shell functions and obviously I wanted to debug uh, all the invocations, so I wrote wrappers around these functions, and this was the beginning of our library. Uh, during doing this, uh, I even found a bug in Elixir, and it was something in system shell functions which it didn't work well with dollar sign. But it is fixed; everything is okay now and then uh, with adding more functionality i added more helpers like select something from the list uh, colorize text uh, draw text in frame box uh, etc and actually drawing text in frame box sounds simple but uh, the the complexity arises when you want to write the uh, colorized text inside the frame box and you you have to handle the frames and uh, usually if you don't have proper tools you end up with the concatenation of text with the escape sequences from io ANSI module and stuff like that so i started playing with the recursive data structure which is similar to io data but uh, it additionally accepts a struct, which allows to tag data with the ANSI escape sequences. And as I said, it is a recursive data type, so it is possible to have many nested tags, just like in HTML.
0: So this, I'm just trying to understand, like how and when would I would would use something like this? I mean, are you just building like a tool that you kind of turn up and you just interact with it, like in a terminal base? Or I'm just trying to understand exactly when i would want to reach for something like owl right
1: okay the first implementation of this kind of script for devops was as a XS file with the the line the with the, the first line mix install json and everything else was just in one file and i usually launched it just elixir and the name of the file but later my script was converted to the full to the proper application. And I even use uh, the library. I don't remember the name correctly, but probably it is brewed br-
0: to have a binary or something like that. And I can use it like this. Yeah, Adi, I mean, you said you've written a lot of stuff using the terminal in Elixir, right? So how, what, what exactly would you use in a practical case?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I have, I'm a, I am ai like to perf- be in command line as much as I can be. For, so like I have my time tracker, application that's written in command line. I have uh, the dev environment setup application that's written in command that's actually also public. It's called Adify. It sets up your environment with Elixir or and once that's installed, it runs an Elixir task to set up all the dependencies, install Postgres, Docker, everything, right? So stuff like that. I mean, why use a different library? Elixir's pretty general purpose, right? Like exactly what R said, if you already know Elixir, you're familiar with it, it's good enough for command line. Yes, there aren't many tools. Yeah, for stuff like that, I'll be super useful. Like, I mean, a lot of these libraries that are installing sometimes take a while to install. Uh, sometimes, you know, to give user better experience, better messages, to list things properly in a table format, right? Uh, color coding, all that is very important. If the more complicated a command line application gets, the more is the need uh, for this kind of a library. So if I would have existed, I would have definitely used it. I kind of uh, added some of this functionality uh, myself. Nothing was like dynamic. like There was no spinners or anything in that. I know someone, I forget, I think Black Code is his GitHub handle. He wrote like an Elixir spinners, CLI spinners, Repo, I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. So he had a few examples. I took some from, from those. But yeah, other than that, I could not find anything available for me to write these command line applications. And it's been on my... That's like top 15 projects, maybe top 20 projects in my bucket list to write like a CLI framework. I kind of want to write an MVC framework, really, <laughs> and just use, you know, the MVC-like uh, architecture, like dispatching architecture, where the view and view would be terminal, essentially, right? So, and, but, but I, think, I think definitely OWL is like a more simpler of uh, pragmatic way of approaching that kind of a problem.
0: Yeah, I see. So so you actually have a mixed test that will actually install dependencies for you. But you're usually yeah. using Docker, right? So this is for like a when you have like an EC2 or something or when would you want to use something like
2: that? Oh, I mean, dev environment setup. So like, uh, I mean, yeah, you use Docker, but not many people just use Docker for like development, even with Elixir, you know? Uh, uh, like, I mean, you know, so, you know, if you use like certain command line tools that are not TCP based, right? So you use like image magic, right? It's hard to Dockerize that. You can do it. It's just hard to do it. Like stuff like that is what you can use Artify for. Generally, that's the first thing I do when I you know set up my new computer. And I do that very often because I, try, I like to try Linux distros <laughs> quite often. So, so I like to set up my dev environment You know, at least like 15, 10, 15 times a year, maybe. So I use that script quite often. And I know my friends, some of my friends use it too. So it definitely works for Macs and Linuxes.
0: How do you actually kick that off then? You're saying you just run a straight mix task to run? this?
2: No, no. There's an installer script. It's a bash script, which installs the correct Elixir version for you and then kicks off the mix task with correct environment variables that the task needs.
0: Okay, I see. Interesting. Yeah, I never thought about that. Because usually people just bash that or use Puppet or something like that for setting up dev environments
2: yeah i just didn't want to i didn't feel like learning something it is something i wrote in 2016 so i didn't feel like some, learning something new i was a junior engineer and i was like well i want a way to programmatically set up my computer so it I ended up working pretty pretty well but yeah I, I would i would love to kind of also like dig deep a little deeper into some of the functionality of owl uh like how you implemented those, especially like dynamic terminal spinners and stuff. Did you like, like what tools did you use? Like you said, you wrote wrappers around some of the command, uh, system commands, right? would love to learn a bit more about that, Archer.
1: Well, uh, yes, uh, actually uh, all uh, uh, system CMD is a function that is just a wrapper around the standard system CMD uh, function. And what it does is simply uh, logs the command in the, logger and you can simply copy and paste it in your terminal to to debug and the same with the shelf function they are actually pretty similar and the one thing that it does additionally is when you log something it tries to find urls and mask the password just uh, just to be sure that uh, nothing is leaked to when you uh, work with the da- with the database, as it was in my case. And what was your the second question?
2: Yeah, no, I think that was super helpful too. But uh, I, I guess my question: I'm looking at your code, and it's I guess more around the whole li- the live sc- live screen aspect of it, ah, right? Yes. Where you implemented an owl walking and more dynamic uh, terminal stuff. Like, uh, did you use, like wrap around end cursors? Like, how did you? go about implementing that. And I see that you use a gen server as well. So very curious about the architecture.
1: Okay. So I have started playing with a progress bar a couple of years ago. I think it is a typical use case for many applications to write a script to sit database, database with some fake data and... In such cases, I prefer correctness, correctness to performance, so I do this using context functions, and it is not a quick process to insert records one by one. And I started writing progress bar because there is quite popular progress bar library, which which is named the progress bar. You can easily find it in Google, and but it is a very limited. Like, uh, of course, you can customize uh, how progress bar looks and I assume it is not what most people are looking for because progress bar, uh, library prints single progress bar and for the seeding of database, I need multiple progress bars. So I decided to write my own version and uh, what it does, it just moves uh, a cursor, a couple of lines up and uh, re- renders uh, a couple of strings with the new uh, progress bar. And that my implementation was uh, very limited because I had to turn off uh, logging and any other output to the terminal. And I even posted uh, the implementation to issues uh, to the progress bar library in GitHub so other people can use it. It doesn't fit to the architecture of uh, progress bar library. So I just uh, posted a simple module and that's it. And according, actually, to readme of the progress bar library, you just invoke render function and you are done. And the progress bar is rendered. But uh, the problem here is that it renders bar right when you call the render function. And it means that if you have, let's say, 100,000 of operations and uh, they are all very quick, I mean, they are quicker than writing to STD out, then progress bar becomes a bottleneck. and. On top of that, if uh, you go from zero to one on this large amount of operations, it is still zero percent and there is no point to render anything to STD out. And of course, I tried to fix this in my implementation and it sounds strange, but it sounds strange that we discuss progress bars here in 2023, but it is what it is. And uh, when I tried to Organize organized this in a library in OWL. I started uh, experimenting with the live screen implementation and uh, came to to this abstraction that it is a gen server which acts as a virtual device and it it partially implements the Erlang IO protocol. So it means that uh, it could be used in a bunch of uh, functions from IO module like uh, io gets and io inspect and stuff like that and the practical example is uh, when you try to debug seeds or any other scripts which has uh, uh, which have dynamic blocks and the first thing you would try is to lock something or put something using io inspect and everything will be messed up if you just uh, do this because writing of dynamic blocks and uh, just uh, static text uh, should be synchronized. And it is what uh, all live screen does.
2: That's, that's awesome. That totally answers my question. That that That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. uh, I'm, I'm trying to follow while you're you explaining, I'm trying to follow through the code as well. Nice. And I, I also just stumbled upon the IO aspect as well. And so you can take user input as well, like yes, no, whatever, confirmation. That's awesome. Yeah, this is this is great. So what besides the whole kubernetes thing that you mentioned what other projects have you used owl for?
1: So actually it is for seeding data for this, for kubernetes and I think nothing else. A major I think there were some minor scripts but nothing special.
2: You could build like a text-based rpg game with that too.
1: Well, if you figure out how to handle input
2: <laughs> then it yeah. Be, well, I mean, it, be... it could just be options based, right? Like you do support that. What exactly? So you, I see that IO thing. You do support gets, right? So
1: no, this thing is not possible, and that's why I said that it partially implements the Erlang IO protocol because gotcha. it okay. is not easier to it, it is not easy in Elixir to get a as you type. Actually, right. It is possible using uh, TTUSL thing, uh, but it is not documented. And uh, what I know, it uh, it is going to be replaced in uh, newest version of OTP. And uh, actually, it is not a
0: good thing to rely on undocumented uh, things. Right, right, got it. Why not support the I/O protocol? Because I believe that's done for so many things, right? Like files, and obviously for the for the terminal things like that.
1: Yeah, so I tried to support it, and what is supported now is to print data to this uh, uh, live screen uh, device, but it is not possible to get the data from it because the, the only way to get something in Elixir is using uh, IO get gets uh, uh, function. And it is, as I know, kind of a global function. And uh, if you write your own script, let's say it is. it has uh, some uh, DSL, and you click uh, arrows up and down, uh, then you will see the history of Elixir functions. It is uh, quite limited, but for the simplest cases, it's enough. I wish uh, we had uh, control over typing, but it is not what is what, uh, now possible. Uh, maybe in future versions of GP,
0: yeah. things will be changed. I hope so. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap in my head if I'd ever want to use something like this. It's just totally new to me. I'm so used to everything being homebrewed or dockered. And installing Elixir is pretty straightforward. Same with like Sean Postgres. You just do brew install for most things. But I, we use all Macs over here. So that's why it's easier. And I know you have a similar kind of bash script for, Matt for homebrew too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's if you're building something, right? So, I mean, one of, one of the things that worked that I did uh, when I was a community was a command line script that we would use to list because you know we we, it was hard for us to track a device on um, aws so basically like a mapping to a community device to an arm mapping in aws right to like debug and stuff like that for developers so it's really for developer tools is how you need to look at it right so like say say you use kit to track time which i do (laughs) you're a weirdo you want to wrap uh, you want to wrap it around Git log, which is cleaner, more event-based, confirmation-based, whatever, right? More uh, e- e- that's that, that Owl's a great use case for that because you can be like, okay, let me wrap my Git commands for each use case into an Owl command and you know create a command interface for that based on whatever you type, right? Based on what you what you want, like a, you, want a, you want a table representation of your last few Git commits that have certain flags in it. I don't know, I'm just making things up right now. But uh, it, it, it's it's uh, I think it's for the subset of engineers who use command line a lot, like probably like me. We see like a lot of utility in this, but if you are not big on command line, if you don't use terminal for like everything, I, like my to-do list is on terminal too, right? So if you're like that, this is very useful. But if you're not, I think I can see how it's hard to wrap your head around that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can I can kind of see people using this to kind of script out their stuff. And I guess you could do several things at the same time as long as it's your computer lets you to do, like say, multi install or whatever, with all different processes. That'd be kind of cool.
2: It could be tricky with dependencies, but yeah. But oh, you're right.
0: Yeah, and we keep talking about Docker. I'm still thinking about that. The recent news with Docker. Have you seen that? I have not. Yeah. Yep. And really. like me, it's a big drama. I follow Jose. Um, basically, Docker is getting rid of all free projects on Docker Hub. Something like that. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. Or I mean, that was about yeah. to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, sadly. And uh, it seems like a lot of the stuff for Elixir is being moved away. So I don't know if we're going to be using Docker anymore. Maybe somebody will say, okay, let's switch over to Padman <laughs> or something else. I don't know what else there is.
2: I mean, it'd be hard to replace, like, the, the app Docker. You can use something else as a container, like the image registry, container registry. But yeah. it'd be hard to replace, like, Oh, that'd be huge.
0: <laughs> Not really. I mean, from, from what I understand, like, that Docker is just built on some fundamentals within yes, the right? right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I understand. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. I think
2: so. that's correct. I don't know. That's that a whole different conversation. Right? But exactly. I, I feel... I, I, but but yeah, I I I just I see it. Uh, a lot of things rely not just on containers but Docker. Yes, Kubernetes is like now more agnostic, but like Heroku containers, for example, you can't just deploy a non-Docker container to Heroku or Fly.io. <laughs> like I mean, uh, all these things rely on Docker, not just containers. So, what I I Heroku uses
0: build packs, but is that just built upon a it,
2: Docker? That container build pack is. Uses Docker. Yeah. You can't deploy a non-Docker container.
0: Okay, so
2: that's a different conversation. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but you talk about Docker today. It came up in my mind.
2: You can see how, if we talk about command line, the only command line Alan uses is Docker. So yeah,
0: that's all. That's all I use. Docker run bash. Who am I? That's all I do. Uh, actually, uh,
1: output from uh, uh, Docker compose up is uh, one of the th- of the uh, things yeah. that that inspired me to have these dynamic blocks in a live screen. Like you see? Uh, when you start this and... Had, they...
0: This was exactly what I was thinking. That's why I brought up Docker. It was a segue, okay? <laughs> exactly. It was a segue. Go on with Docker Compose.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, go. As Archer is talking, I would love to learn more about that too. And right after that, let's go around and talk about maybe mention your favorite command line tools. I'm also curious about that. But Arthur, continue about the Docker Compose up.
1: But actually, uh, nothing here to, to continue because uh, I, I was just uh, inspired by the uh, output. Like when you start Docker Compose up, you see that there are a couple of uh, things which are uh, changing at that time. Like uh, you start uh, Postgres stuff, you Postgres and a couple of other comments. And when even you click uh, Control C and uh, your applications uh, shut down, it is uh, not just uh, everything disappears and that's it. Uh, all these blocks uh, dynamically refresh, and you see a timer and other output. It is not something that uh, must have, but a nice, a nice features.
2: Yeah, I think it didn't used to be that good, but I can't remember exactly when Docker. Compose start becoming more dynamic and, you know, more easy to follow. Uh, I think I want to say 2018, 2019 is when they started making it good. But I remember it was not very useful earlier. But yeah, it's it's so smooth right now. Like, uh, it's also, like, by the way, it's not as smooth on Linux. If you run those on Linux, you don't get a lot of dynamic progress bars and stuff. Compared to Mac, because I I'd been using a Mac, uh, a Linux for last year and I just moved to Mac because my com- my company forces everyone to use use Mac. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, oh wow, Docker Compose is like you know kind of cool <laughs> on a Mac than on Linux. It could also be the terminal that I was using, but I think I'm using the same terminal in both. So I don't know. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, command line tools is totally useless. It's I don't know if you guys know what it's called, SL, because you know sometimes they type ls. A lot of times you mistake and type SL, but someone made an app called SL. You don't, Alan doesn't, okay? But Alan isn't like most people, so uh, you type SL, and someone made an app where if you type SL, you see like a train, uh, uh, like that just like just runs through your terminal <laughs> and wastes your time for like ten seconds or something. <laughs> I thought I thought it was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> uh, One small hint: you could use LL, uh, just
2: uh, right, uh, uh, right, <laughs> <the> right. <same. laughs> Isn't that like a Zish-only a Zish shortcut, or is that in Bash as well?
1: I have no idea. I use
2: ZSH, and it is here. Nice.
0: I'm installing this SL to see what <laughs> nice. you about. Oh, that is really annoying. <laughs> Why SL? For that reason?
2: Well, well, because people mistype LS with SL quite often. When, when people are listing their files in command line, LS is like just two letters. People, people mess it up with SL. Okay. I used to do it a lot more. Yeah. So
0: I've, I've yeah. honestly never done that, I think. Maybe like once out of
2: my life. Well, now that you've installed it, you would know. Yeah,
0: I'll know more often,
2: <laughs> I guess.
0: Yeah, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing you could probably build that in Elixir, no? That's what it seems like, the animation coming across.
2: Yeah, I, I think you can, it looks like you can use Owl to build I it now, so, right, Arthur? Yeah, because he built the walking Owl, so you can build this?
1: You. Mean just to have uh, an alias to ls uh, command no. and that's it.
2: <laughs> like, oh, oh he, he didn't see the moving train, yeah, in the terminal. But yes, Alan, is there a way you can share? A I was, I was to trying to get that going.
0: <laughs> if you can distract him while I pull this up, <laughs> the oh, there it is.
2: I'm trying to distract him, <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. So, is it it's SL, right? So, you just type SL, e? you can see this, right, Archer, and then you'll see the train coming from this yes, right left. Oh,
2: yes, yes. It is you possible. can build this using Owl, yep. Uh, the, yes,
0: it's just
1: a kind of uh, spinner. Just, uh, it is possible to do this right now. Yep. Yeah. It's 13 <laughs> seconds.
2: Are you going to do that for us, Arthur?
0: <laughs> Why a train?
2: <laughs> uh, I can
1: uh, if, you, if you send me uh, uh, frames.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> can already do the owl, right? That's good enough. Make the owl last for 13 seconds.
2: Yeah, good call. Good call.
0: Why owl though? That's, this is a really good question. Is, it, is there something related to something in your life of the owl? Nope.
1: I just uh, hate uh, aliases uh, and I like short names. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was the first uh, name that uh, came into my mind. What was in your mind before that? I'm just curious how you get the owl... I have no idea. That was two years ago.
2: <laughs> I would have expected like a Harry Potter-like answer. Like they have OWL exams, right? Ordinary wizarding level exams. So I, I was expecting like a deep, like whatever, some story. But I'm so glad that he just picked a name because I do that very often. Too. If you don't need a story to name your library, just just name it. A small name, simple. That's good enough.
0: I mean, so, like, how far along is is OWL? Is OWL actually basically feature complete and just ready to go? You're just kind of parking it for now, or do you have a a, a timeline of features that you want to start to bring? Is OWL complete, or do you still want to add more to it? I think it is more like complete. I would like
1: to expand it if uh, if there is a need. Like, it is possible to add different graphs and stuff like that, but I don't need it, and there were no, no requests for this. So, for the major, Use cases. I think it is done, but nothing is ever done, no. Well, Jose said that elixir
0: is done, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good well,
1: point. It was about actor. Uh, I yeah, don't remember exactly, Basics
0: but done. I think right. Yep, he said many that many years ago. But we still keep adding more to it. So yeah, I don't know. Now that I've mentioned it, why is elixir done? But then we're adding more methods, more things. I mean, I guess we're adding more libraries. We're still adding but, uh, more methods to. Uh, I think he was talking
1: about actor. Uh, there was a. Uh, Topic uh, on Elixir forums with announcement that Ecto is done and there are no planning, uh, no planned uh, breaking changes, and uh, that's it. So the core is ready, and it is already the third version of Ecto, and I think it's uh, enough to have stable design.
2: Hmm. I think they also might mean by "done" not any more major versions would be released maybe that's that's what they might mean but like and they might not mean like smaller stuff (laughs) but i mean ecto i guess is pretty i can see ecto being like actually done done yeah
0: yeah i just found the announcement from 2018 it's interesting i didn't even know about this one they said basically uh, it's the final version of 3.0 is out and Ecto 2 provide a stable API. This means no more new features, although we'll continue providing bug fixes and updates for everyone running Ecto in production. Rest assured Ecto will continue to be well maintained. It's interesting. I wonder if this is something to do with like, I remember when Ecto 2 was out, there was a lot of database adapters, right? And then Ecto 3 came out, and three's obviously been out since 2018. There's a, quite a few database adapters that have become incompatible because they just haven't updated them. So I wonder if maybe some of these kind of abandoned database adapters could Mm. be something. Because it does take quite a bit of effort, I think, to upgrade from two to three, if I remember correctly. Just thinking out loud, right? I I don't have a real reason, but this came to my mind. I don't remember the
2: adapters being that different. Well, I
0: mean, if you look up, there was some um, MongoDB ones because I was looking at using, I I had to use MongoDB mm. for something. And I think at the time I was looking around and there was like two or three different MongoDB adapters. And I think only two of them were not supported in three.
2: Got it. Yeah, I think the implementation might not have been right (laughs) when they built the adapter, but I built an adapter for like CSVs. It wasn't that hard to move that to 3.0.
0: Yeah, again, I was just thinking out loud because I I just remember many years Mm -hmm. ago because I also did other database integrations like with MS SQL and some other stuff. And I just remember Mm -hmm. it like took some time.
2: Yeah, I think it could have have some like code that might be not yet. Again, they might have done it in a way that made it harder to move, but yeah. Can't talk much about that. <laughs> also, adapter that isn't really like a. I mean, there is there's a type spec. There's a call. You know, there's a behavior for that. But I I think a lot of it's like very open. You know, a lot of the types are like very generic types in the behavior. So I can see that also being like you know uh, more implementation heavy. So depends on I guess what you're doing with each adapter. So yeah.
0: Maybe maybe we need a we need a owl adapter for Ecto.
2: <laughs> Where will you store the data? Though how will you get the data back from our? Well,
0: obviously, right to the terminal. We'll oh, get back. That's remember, it doesn't support Git yet. So,
2: right. <laughs> oh, you mean user input? Interesting. Got
0: it. Nice. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah, you could use it for the logger, right, or something. I don't. Know. <laughs> Anyways.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you could use a file, like uh, open a text editor and uh, type a CSV file and uh, listen it on. Uh,
2: That's uh, the that adapter I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For CSVs, it's easy, right? It's like simple. You don't need a database for everything. You just literally store some data in CSV. So yeah, I'm surprised that people there aren't that many use cases for that. But but you can build with Owl to report on each file, right? <laughs> Display each CSV file as a table, color coded table. Yes, that's possible. Yeah, I think now we're going off on a tangent.
0: Tangent. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I start to kind of understand a little bit more about why I want to use this, like. I'm thinking, you know, there is quite a few people that say, oh, yeah, you should use... I'm don't know. i I'm the kind of person that says, like, although you know this one language, you know it very well that you should use it for everything. I know there's quite a few people who say, oh, yeah, you should learn JavaScript because you use it front-end, back-end, you can use it wherever, right? Same with Python, etc. For me, I'm more like, yeah, it needs to be, you know, the right language, right situation and etc, right? So just when I have to write something with a term, I never think about using Elixir, but I should just give it a go and see how it goes, you know? I mean what's the harm right at least i know if it's right for me or not uh,
1: let me uh, say that uh, if you have some uh, application i mean a business application that is uh, that has a lot of uh, lines and uh, you need a simple <laughs> a progress bar you you already in a uh, code base you have to deal with it i mean invoke a function to create a user project and stuff like that, whatever is in your domain. So it's kind of a requirement to use Elixir for such scripts.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any more questions about, about OWL, but it's definitely pretty interesting. I mean, Adi, uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think, I think I'm think i all set too. It just reminded me of one last thing we could use it for an Elixir would be like a process monitor that is not like a, the Erlang process monitor opens up in a non-terminal based interface right but you can do the info and in terminal but it's hard to display that in a digestible way right owl can be used to do that
1: yep i think that's possible and relatively easy to
2: do so maybe alan will do it for yeah, us maybe
0: we get the sl going again perfect I'm going to have to show that to more people. I just wonder, like, you know, why? I got to check this thing. I got to look into this program. What is the whole point of this thing? Just for that one reason that people type, want to type LS and end up typing SL, that's why he made this thing?
2: (laughs) I think that's the point, yep. Ah,
0: Okay, I'm going to the homepage. (laughs) What the heck is going on with this thing? Curious. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Oh, it stands for Steam Locomotive. Ah, now I understand why it's a train. I had no idea why it would be a train. Okay, Cool. Yeah, again, I am I think, Adi, you have any questions? Because you're the expert in this domain.
2: Not an expert, and no more questions.
0: Cool, if nothing else, then, Arthur, uh, I'll also give you a chance. Is there anything that you want people to know about, about OWL before we move on to picks? I'm not sure. I think we have covered a lot of things, and
1: I just use it. That's it.
0: <laughs> okay, sounds good. And with that, let's go on to picks, right? So, Adi, I think you should go first, right? I think the host usually goes last.
2: Yeah, sure. So I guess I have a couple picks, well, three picks today. I tried this like it's funny. I grew up in India, but never really liked Indian coffee. Then I got reintroduced to it, you know, last last few weeks, and it's been really good. So I'll I'll share a link to that coffee. It's really good. It's a little extra strong, but you know, people who like caffeine, they'll they'll enjoy that. So that's one. Another game that I've been playing last couple weeks. I haven't had much time, but the little that I've played, it's called the. Forgotten City, I think. Yeah, it is built by just three developers. It so I, I started playing the game, and within fifteen minutes, my mind was blown. I was just like, "Do give us, It's not really a spoiler. It's just an incentive so you guys can try it. it. The game's got a time loop in it, and you basically retain memory in each loop, and you have to kind of create a paradox to finish the game. It's it's very interesting, and I really was. Pleasantly surprised. I I, I I would highly encourage anyone to try it. I think it, it's like available for like I think five bucks or something on on the PS store at least. So it's uh should be not that expensive either. And the last one, still looking for a founding engineer for one of the startups that I'm advising. It's completely Elixir based application, Pedal Stack, hundred percent code coverage, all that stuff that I already mentioned last week. So if any, any of the listeners looking for a job and they are interested in a founding engineer-like position for a startup, to reach out to me.
0: Okay, cool, arder What do you have? Anything for us? I think I have a library. Uh, probably
1: you have is heard it about it. It is no, no. Okay. it's uh, it's another uh, library which uh, is related to a terminal. It is about uh, logging actor uh, queries in a more readable format. The name of the library is Acto Dev Logger. And it inlines uh, parameters of the query to to the query, so you can easily copy it and paste it in your favorite IDE. The guy who wrote this library
0: looks very familiar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know this guy? I think you know. I think it's you. This looks pretty cool, actually. I, let me just, I think I want to see if I can make the picture bigger. I don't know yeah, I actually, I think I needed something like this. I kind of wrote my own using Ecto and tele, tele, Telemetry, I think. Right, you, you you log out the query, right? To understand when, when something's gone wrong. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yep, that's exactly what it yep. does. It listens to Telemetry events and logs the queries. I like the colors. So this one must use all underneath,
0: no? No. No. It's, uh, it's like it. uh, without uh, without uh, all. I like that. Actually, I like this one because you actually like put, like usually you have those dollar signs everywhere and you have to kind of try to figure out what's what, but this one actually inlines everything. That's really cool. I like that part.
2: It's almost as if it's written by someone who's an expert
0: in command line. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anything else? or that that's It's okay if that's it. I just want to make sure I don't cut you off too soon. I think that's it. Cool. For me, yeah, I'm playing a new game this week. Finally had a moment to switch to a new one. I'm playing Alien Fire Fire Team Elite. Have you ever played that one? Uh, that's that's a lot of fun. So basically, you're the Marines, you know, from Aliens, and you go to some place. Actually, I don't even know the story. Basically, I just keep killing aliens, and that's that's fun for me. It's kind of like Division. If you ever played or heard of Division from Tom Clancy, similar like third person style shooting. You get to choose your weapons, you level them up, you can add attachments like change out the barrel, change out the magazine, and and it's, it's pretty cool. Like if you if you enjoy yeah killing stuff. And a third-person view. I think it's a, definitely a fun thing. Yeah, check it out. And I think Steam is having a sale soon, actually in a few hours from our recording time. So I'm waiting for that. You might as well just pick it up if, it, if it's out on sale when you guys hear this episode. I think it's a pretty decent game. Otherwise, yeah, that's that's it from me. Yeah, and with that, I think great to have you on, Arthur. It's good to hear about this library. And now I will have to play around with it. Thanks for giving me homework.
2: Oh, sorry. I, I just remembered another pick of mine because I, I haven't joined a bit. It's, all, it's related to owls, but not the owl that... Arthur wrote, the Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy. Anyone who is a gaming enthusiast and a Harry Potter fan, give it a try. It's probably the game of the year up till now. It's really good. Just my last pick.